I want to, uh, we, we are been in a uh, study, this is our fourth week, we've called it Equip, and we are trying to learn how to be equipped to share our faith with the world. I want to read to you something. Now, the Sunday morning sermon series ties into this, series two, so you may hear this in a week or two on Sunday morning, but I know most of you will not remember it anyway, but if you do, just act like you didn't hear it. Communism arose at a time when the institutional church in Russia was preoccupied with the color of the vestments for priests to wear when conducting worship and discussing how many fingers should be extended in giving the benediction. There was a presence, but there was no witness. Hitler appeared on the scene when Germany was thoroughly represented by Christian churches and leaders. There was a presence. There was just no witness. There was no evangelism. Gandhi was trained in the United States and in the midst of Christian churches. His own testimony is the apathy of professing Christians in churches is a major reason he did not embrace Christianity. There was presence of Christianity. There just was no witness. See, it's not enough for churches just to be here. If any town could win an award for the most churches, Ruston would be right up there at the top. (laughs) But just having churches or having Christians doesn't make it happen. We are told to share what God's done in our life and what he can do in the lives of other people. Does everybody have, do you, do anybody need our session four uh, this evening? We got, raise your hand. We got two right here, Brandon. Zach, would you come and help Brandon? In the balcony, are y'all good in the balcony? Is there some up there, Jamie? I think that there is. Alex, is there any up there? If there's not, I don't know if I want Brandon trying to throw some to you. What could result would be tragic. Has everybody got, got the session four for this evening? Okay, well, they're doing that, a quick review of our memory verses. And I was telling Brooks before we came out that memory verse is, uh, is my, the heartbreak of my ministry here. We just don't do it well. And he asked if that was a requirement for church membership, and I said if it was, we would have four members, four members. Romans 3.23 says what? Not bad. I think I heard most of it. Romans 6.23 says for the... Okay. Nobody's going to get this next one, I'm afraid. Romans 5, 8. But God... Do y'all get together before church and say, okay, look, when he starts the memory verse, you start over here and we'll start over here and then he'll be confused? That's what I think happens. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is what? Made unto salvation. Okay, quick, quick, quick review. Remember the four keys to being effective witnesses. If you've missed some of our sessions, we have uh, these for you, four keys to being an effective witness. And one of the best ways to share your testimony or to witness to someone is to share your own personal testimony. You need a salvation testimony. Don't Google testimony online 
and come up with one. You need your own personal testimony. How many parts are there to your testimony the way we've learned? There are four parts. Four parts to your, your salvation story. Remember, you've got a lot of testimonies of what God's done in your life. But there's four basic parts. My life before Christ. How I realized I needed to become a Christian. What got your heart? What got your attention? How I became a Christian? What would you do? Thank you, Glenda. And my life since I became a Christian. God's made some kind of difference in your life if he's in your life, right? Okay. Next week, if you would like to share your salvation testimony, we had three do it last week. It was wonderful. Come up after church and let me know. Now, here's the kicker. You have two minutes. Remember, you need to be able to do this in two minutes. You're at the ball game witnessing to somebody. You go into a 25-minute story. They're going to jump out of the stadium or push you out, right? Yes, they are. So you need to be able to do this in two minutes. If you, if you would like to next week, you got two minutes, we will gong you. Dorman will tase you. We will do something. But you, you have, and if you're mad about something, that, this is not the time. You, uh, I remember when I was in college, we'd have testimony time, and they were supposed to share their testimony, and people get up, well, God just led me to do this. And then they'd go into some rant, which is crazy. God's not leading me to tell you to do something different. So... Okay, is that good? I've just scared everybody away from wanting to do it now. The Romans Road and Personal Evangelism. Romans 3.23 says we're all sinners, doesn't it? Remember we talked about how, and I'm going to show you in just a minute, I'm going to demonstrate how to take someone through this. Romans 3.23, we are all sinners. Romans 6. 23a, the payment for sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. Romans 6, 23b, God offers us life and life eternal. The wages of your sin and my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's wonderful, isn't it? It's a pretty good trade-off. Romans 5, 8, it's a verse you should learn God demonstrated how much he loves us. Jesus died for us while we were sinners. And then that Romans 10, 9, and 10. You have to believe Jesus is God's son who died and arose. Romans 10, 9, and 10. There is an intellectual aspect of Christianity. You have to accept that Jesus is the son of God who died and arose. Let me have your attention just for a second. I had a friend, he's dead now. He was a psychiatrist in New York City, a Jewish psychiatrist, Jewish by religion and ethnicity. Cindy and I and Amy Barr met him when we were in New York City in 2005. We were, we were passing out tracks for a church, and Amy and Cindy gave him a track, and he came back furious. And they did the courageous thing. They said, Chris, you need to talk to him. I, I, then I had a praying injury. My, you know, my, my knee went out. But anyway, long story short, we ended up talking about 45 minutes, and then we emailed for the next seven or eight years, which was awesome. I don't know if he ever got saved or not, but if he would have ever accepted that Jesus was God's son who died in a row, he'd have been saved instantly. See, that was his barrier. See, for us, for most of us, that's not our barrier because we believe that, Right? Our barrier is we won't surrender our lives to him. For, for, for him, it wouldn't have made any sense not to surrender to someone who died in a rose. Does that make sense? It's 
So you've got to have that, but, but, but Romans 10, 13, we must sincerely call on Jesus to save us. I want to demonstrate in about four or five minutes how to walk someone through the Romans road if you were witnessing. So I'm going to get somebody who is not a Christian. Alicia, would you come up here? Alicia's my daughter, so this is a joke. Of course I wasn't going to say, hey, I don't think you're saved, Trey. Come on down. I wasn't going to do that. Alicia, would you come up here, please? I've been waiting all week to do that. I'd planned it, schemed it. Do you mind standing while you're, you're humble and old father sits? Okay. This is really a great way to let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God work with somebody. This is not a Bible. It may be in five years as my eyesight continues to deteriorate. But, but if this was a Bible, and, and I'm talking to Alicia, and I've done this recently with a, with a man, we looked at the Scriptures together. And let's get over here. Now, you're mad at me now. But, and, and what you can do, especially, you know, if it's a child, you, you have to, you probably want to read some with them. But like an adult that's willing to, to let you do this, it's, I'd say, Alicia, okay, read to me Romans 3.23. So you, you, you would read it, for we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So she's, she's seeing the Word of God. She's hearing the Word of God. Are, are you following me? There's power. There's power in the Word of God. You believe there's power in the Word of God? There's power in the Word of God. And so the Holy Spirit uses that. So she's looking at it and I say Alicia do you sin and then I say what and say I'm your dad you sin I know your mama she sins your dad he's pretty I sinned like four weeks ago once I remember but you're not you're not trying to be manipulative or you're not you know it's not like a sale you're trying to sell them a vacuum say yes 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 you're but, but Alicia, you, we all sin, don't we? We all do things that we shouldn't. Sin there means to miss the mark. We miss the mark of God. Romans six twenty three. Alicia, I, I might read it. She's looking at me. For the wages of sin is death. I read that first part. Alicia, a wage is, is what you earn. You go to work. You work at a bank. You get paid. And, and you don't, that payment is not a gift, is it? it? It's, you earn that, don't you? So, our sin earns death, and death there is physical death. It's also spiritual death. It's eternal death. I think it's broader even for the Christian. It's a death of joy and, and happiness and effectiveness. But, but the wages of sin is death. But look at the very last part of verse 23. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. Alicia, you cannot earn salvation and you're destined for trouble without Jesus, but God is offering a gift. And the Romans 5, 8, such a great verse for that person to look at with you, where they read it, but God demonstrated his love towards us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Alicia, when you were at your very worst, Jesus loved you like he's loved the best person in the world. Isn't that wonderful? When, when, when Jesus died for you, it wasn't with the thought, oh, they'll clean up and get their act together someday. He died for you knowing that many of us have been pretty bad. That's pretty neat, isn't it? And then Romans 10, 9, and 10, Alicia, it kind of brings together that, that, that you have to confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that, that he died on the cross and that he arose. Alicia, do you believe Jesus is God's son? Yes. Do you believe he died on the cross? Yes. Okay. 
Roman history, we can find that Jesus was crucified. Do you believe he walked out of the tomb? Yes. Physically. He arose from the dead. So that's a separator, isn't it? You're going to die, and I'm going to die, but I'm going to promise you that we're not coming back. We're not walking out of the tomb three days later, and Jesus did. You believe that? And, and, the, and the last thing, Romans 10, 13, probably my favorite verse, for, for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Alicia, are you anyone? Yes. You, you absolutely are. And so if you will sincerely call on the name of the Lord, either God's lying How many of you think God's lying? Or he'll save you, right? You you read that there? I mean, that's, we're faking like this is the Bible. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, sweetie. She did good. Give her a hand. She's not totally happy with me right now. I'm not completely sure why. Maybe the lost comment got her. I don't know. But um, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Next week, we're going to have a Bible a bookmark for you, a simple bookmark with a, with a Romans road on it. Memorize these things. Mark them in your Bible. The great thing about Scripture memory is that you don't have to have your Bible with you. And the cool thing about your cell phone is you can have your Bible with you there, but you, you need to know where to look, don't you? Listen, when you're talking to a skeptic or, or a hardened religious person to say, well, it's in the Bible is not good enough. I've, I've had discussions with people and say, well, I don't know where it is, but it's in there. And I've had them laugh at me. If you can't show it to me, don't tell me that. So it's good to know where it is. And so I want, to, I want to encourage you, learn those verses, learn the Romans road. And when you're witnessing to somebody, you have a kid or a grandkid to, to, to walk them through that or, or a friend. It's so good. It's visual. We live in a very visual society. So please, you're doing this not for me, and I know you know this, you're doing this to help other people for eternity. Does that make sense? This is a side note, but I want to encourage you too. Your phone is a great place to have a Bible, and I'm glad I have my phone and my Bible and my iPad. But you know what? Having a Bible, Bible, Bible is pretty good too. And if, if you kept a Bible on your desk or it's in your car, that's pretty cool. I know maybe where you work, that might be difficult. I, I don't know all the legal rules. But you have a Bible on your desk, it's a conversation starter, isn't it? Yes, Pastor. Yes, it is. It, get, it gets people's attention. Okay, here's tonight. Here's the heart that we will get through some. We're going to talk about using John chapter 3 in personal evangelism. What, what I want to do is to help you, help you have, when we finish this in a few weeks, three basic ways that you can approach evangelism. Your personal testimony is wonderful. Romans Road's wonderful. The John 3 is really, really, really good too. And the more tools you have in your arsenal, the better equipped you are. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, the more, and that's true in anything, whether you're going out hunting, whether it's athletic teams, the more skills you have, the more tools you have, the better, the better you will be able to, to witness to people. This is another simple approach to leading people to Jesus Christ. Your testimony, the Romans road, and the John chapter 3, having these in your heart, you have a variety of ways to help people find Jesus. This is a simple approach to 
Always keep in mind the KISS approach in sharing your faith. Now, this was told to me years ago, and we can change the last word because I know this is an ugly word now, but it's keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, silly. Is that better? Keep it super simple. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you are trying to win a soul, not an argument. Amen? Nobody's going to heaven because you are super brilliant. People can go to heaven because you help them find Christ because you know how to share Jesus. That makes sense? I have never witnessed to someone, and they, while I was witnessing to them, they said, explain to me that in Hebrew. Tell me what the Greek word for hell is and fire. I've never had that. I've never had them say, what is your view of the millennial? Are you pre, post, or trib? But I have used the Romans Road, my testimony in John 3, to help people come to Christ. So keep it simple. Keep it simple. The John chapter 3 approach is very theological profound. It's simple, but what we're going to see in the next few minutes is some some really deep theology. Theology is a combination of two Greek words, theos, God, and ology, study of. Theology is a study of God, like bios and ology. Biology is a study of life. These verses teach a lot about God and a lot about biblical theology. I'm telling you, if you, if you drill into Romans Romans, and you drill into John 3, you're getting deep into the heart of God. You're getting deep in the heart of God. So let's let's walk through these. John 3, 3 is your first one. John 3, 3, being saved is radical. It's a radical thing. It is compared to a second birth. John 3, 3 says a man must be born again. You must be born again. John 3, 3, it's radical. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is kind of a parallel verse. We, did y'all hear a sermon on that a few weeks ago? Does any, any of you remember that at all? If any man is in Christ, is a new creation. Old has passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The radicalness of it outwardly is going to differ in between the drug addict and the alcoholic and the person who is living way away from God. But that good church person who gets saved knows something different has happened in their heart. So it, it is a second birth. Number two, John 3.15. John 3.15. Salvation is for everyone. John 3.15 and the verses right after John 3.16 don't get to play because they're overshadowed by John 3.16. Listen, this is super important. Salvation is for everyone and it is for you. Cindy, would you bring me a Bible? Brandon, one of y'all. Thank you, thank you. Man, Alicia, is this your Bible? Probably I'm going to get bit by a snake or something in here. That's good. It's got a lot of stuff in it. That's, that's good, that's good. And of course, I can't read it. It's in children's print. 
Alicia, you may have to come up here and stand by me and read. John three fifteen that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. That everyone who believes in him. Salvation is for you and the one you're witnessing to. Now, folks, is that important? Is it important to you that your kids can be saved? Hmm, probably should be. Is it important to you that you can be saved? If you, if you buy into a th- theology that says everyone can't be saved, that's your choice. You, you can't teach it here. I mean, we love you, but that's not what we believe. But you've got to buy into it fully, which means that everybody in your family is not going to be saved. Uh, just because they're kin to you doesn't mean they're going to go to heaven. That's not how the, that would work. So it's kind of important, everyone. John three sixteen, the gospel, the good news in, in a nutshell. The gospel means good news. John 3.16 is the gospel in a, in a nutshell. John 3.16, say it with me. For God so loved the world. This is like the sheep and the goats. Nobody over here is saying anything. If you don't know that biblical comparison, sheep is good, right? Goat is not good. Everyone from this, from, from Carla <laughs> in April over. John 3.16 says, Joe, I could hear you. Amen. James, I couldn't hear you. It's the Bible in a nutshell. Hey, if you're taking notes, here's a really cool thing. That word world there does not mean your globe. (laughs) It, it, It means the sum total of individuals. Wow. For God so loved, unconditional love, the whole world, the sum total of individuals that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You see how God feels about people. You see, do you understand? This is pretty deep stuff, isn't it? Oh, you learned it in first grade, but how deep it is. John one twelve is one of those verses that, that I drive home here a lot, and I want to read it, make sure, because I, I know it, but I want to get it right to you for sure if I can find it in this miniature print Bible. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Salvation is believing in and receiving Jesus. It's believing in and receiving Jesus. I love this passage because it shows us salvation is not simply just mental facts. It's, it is believing in Jesus, but it's receiving him. James 2.19, James 2.19, we put that on the screen Sunday mornings. Anybody remember, kind of paraphrase what that says? I'll get you started. You, be, you believe there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe and shudder. So salvation is more than mental belief. It is a receiving Jesus. Hey, John 3, 17 is a verse that gets no play again because it's so overshadowed by its big brother, John 3, 16. Listen to what John 3, 17 says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Three times in that one verse, it uses the word world, some total of individuals. 
John 3, 17, Jesus came to save people, not to condemn them. Does it get any plainer than that? Zach, if people go to hell, obviously it's a rejection on their part. It can be a failure on our part to witness, to pray, and to, to be an example. But it's not because God doesn't want them to go to heaven, is it? it, it for John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Wow. Man, that's so, so wonderful. And John three eighteen is a scary verse. A scary verse. I'm going to give you the fill in the blanks, and then I'll tell you what it says. The saved person does not stand condemned. The lost person stands condemned at this time without Christ. The saved person does not stand condemned. The lost person stands condemned at this time without Christ. John 3, 18, I learned it years ago in the King James. It says, he that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. R.G. Lee was an old preacher many, many years ago, and his illustration on that was the lost person stands with the hangman's noose around their neck waiting for death and judgment. Our job is to help them get that noose off their neck, isn't it? How many of you were lost at one time? (laughs) You didn't know it, but the Bible says that you stood condemned at that point. Isn't it neat to know that somebody helped you? Somebody did help you come into your life. The Holy Spirit drew you, worked on you, and with the help of God, obviously, who did everything to make it possible, you were able to get that noose off. I hope you'll... I hope you'll memorize Romans ten thirteen this week. We're going to have a, a bookmark with these John verses. I would really encourage you to learn these and to memorize these. And this next week, I asked you a few weeks ago to pray for a couple of people. Put those names down, a couple of people you know who aren't Christians, and to be praying for them. So I hope that you're doing that and will continue to do that. We're gonna, I'm going to ask Wayne just to, to play. You can stay seated. If you want to talk to me after church, we're going to pray at the altar for revival in just a moment. But the invitation tonight is just going to be you and God where you're seated. And again, if you want to talk after church, join the church, give your life to Christ. I'll be over here. I'd love, love, love to help you with any decision. But would you just bow your heads at this time? You know, God loves you so much. Maybe tonight you need to give your life to Christ. I pray that will happen. I I pray and I have prayed that God would use what we're doing in here to save somebody. And and I I believe he's working on people. Many, many, many of you are Christ followers. I pray for God to give you the burden to share Jesus. And don't wait on a burden. You start doing it, but pray that he'll really pester your heart about it you know people you've got people in your family you've got friends people you love that if they left this earth tonight they're not going to be with Jesus and you cannot save them but boy we can do everything we can to help them get there will you do that
Jesus, I pray that we will be salt and light, but not only salt and light, God. I pray that we will be your mouthpiece here on earth and that we will, God will pour our lives out to bring glory to you and to reach people for you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Guys, we have in about two weeks, two weeks from this Sunday, October the 28th, Naeem Fazal is coming, and he's going to be preaching and I think sharing his testimony. You've seen it on the screens the last two weeks. He's got a great story. It's going to be a wonderful day. I hope you're praying for the revival.